Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right. Well, you got Alberta's premier saying, look, this pipeline will get built. Environmentalists saying this pipeline will not get built. Uh, eventually, as I say, one of those uh, two views will, will be proven right. The other be proven wrong. Obviously, some of the uh, legal uncertainty around this pipeline is what has Kinder Morgan spooked. And we'll know now within a week whether the government has done enough, that is the federal government, by extension the Alberta government, to convince them to stand by this project. These two court rulings today may help to that end in that so far the company, this project, has a pretty good record before the courts. Now, just because, or rather, Vancouver's challenge today, the Squamish First Nations challenge today, just because those were rejected, doesn't necessarily mean that BC's court reference is going to be rejected, too. Um, But, again, it's not as though we can just ignore, dismiss these rulings either today. They they do seem somewhat significant. Joining us to talk a bit more about the fallout in BC from these two decisions today, Richard Zussman joins us. He's a reporter for the BC Legislature for Global BC, also author, co-author of the book, A Matter of Confidence, on last year's political drama in BC. Richard, thanks for joining us here. Rob, my pleasure as always. So, Rachel Notley, our premier, seems pretty uh, upbeat, pretty encouraged by these uh, two court decisions today. Has there been any reaction from the Horgan government? Yeah, there has been. And one of the real, this, these cases are really strange, especially the Squamish case, because... The government, the B.C. government, was actually arguing against the Squamish. So they actually won this case in a regards because they believed that enough was done in terms of the pre-planning of the pipeline, uh, in terms of the Squamish's case. And one of the really important notes from the Squamish decision is that the judge in ruling said it will not have any impact on the other court ruling. So in reference to the reference case, no doubt. So it's a really weird one. The Squamish case was always strange. And so the BC government is sort of sending the message that this shows that they are balanced on this issue, that at some cases when they believe that the the work was done, that the jurisprudence was done, then they will argue one side. But in cases where they don't believe it's correct, they'll argue the other side, which is exactly what we're seeing in this reference case. The B.C. government does believe that they should have the jurisdiction around restricting the flow of bitumen by pipeline or by rail. So these challenges today were, were fairly narrow in scope, though, because it, yeah. it's not about the legitimacy of the project as a whole. No. But I think it, they were similar in that the Squamish First Nation of Vancouver were both challenging the legitimacy of some environmental permits that right. have been granted by the previous B.C. government. Yeah, exactly. So it was a challenge to the environmental assessment certificate issued by the previous government. And then the case was launched with the previous government. And the current government decided to maintain that case. So I know it gets confusing and and ultimately does in in legalese. But, you know, these cases were very specific around those assessment certificates, whereas the reference case 
is a much broader jurisdictional question, which is, you know, what this whole debate uh, is really about. This is what spurned the tension is that the uh, point five that was brought forward by the B.C. government at the end of January around the restrictions that led to the wine ban uh, that led to the Bill 12 in Alberta that led now to the reference case. So all of it stems from that. These cases are very, very separate. But, you know, Premier Notley has made this uh, comment all along. They basically have a perfect record in court defending Trans Mountain. Uh, Trans Mountain has federal approval. So all of those things seem to bode well uh, for Alberta and the federal government's position in this. But in terms of convincing BC to back down or that the uh, court reference is a non-starter, that that would probably be uh, asking too much, wouldn't it? Yeah, at this point, right? You know, BC has put all their eggs in the basket of the reference case and they are waiting for the courts to rule. BC truly believes that they have the jurisdictional right to restrict the flow. They believe that uh, it's in the national interest to protect the coastline and that an increase of tanker traffic sevenfold wouldn't do that. So they are going to fight this court case until it ends. The problem is it's not going to be over before the May 31st deadline. So we're going to have to wait and see how Kinder Morgan assesses all of that, looks at all the positions and makes a determination on whether they're going to go forward on the project. You know, it's, it's interesting listening to the, the you know, the, the way the, the B.C. Premier, his, his, some of his cabinet ministers are framing this, because in contrast to Andrew Weaver, the Green Party leader, who's it was very vocally and unabashedly yeah. anti-pipeline, what we hear from John Horgan and his cabinet ministers more along the lines of, you know, we, we just want to get these questions answered and we're not trying to block anything. And why are they all <laughs> so worked up in Alberta? We really can't understand it. I mean, it's it's like they're opposed to the pipeline, but they're trying to walk this this line where they they don't really want to come right out and say it. Yeah, but they are opposed to the pipeline. I, I've been trying to dissect their words, Rob, like you have for a long time now. I sit through these scrums every day with Environment Minister George Heyman and with Premier John Horgan when he has them to try to sort of find the nuance in what they're saying. And you know, I do believe that. Somewhere in John Horgan's core is an element that he wants to see development, but he is ultimately concerned about the coast. Uh, He promised during the election that he would use all the tools possible to stop Kinder Morgan. And ultimately, I think what they determined was their only real tool was using the courts to make a decision on this reference case around uh, jurisdiction. They found that they couldn't do anything about permits. Uh, They couldn't do anything to uh, immediately stop construction. Uh, So they got a little bit of a break, obviously, when Kinder Morgan decided to halt any uh, non-essential activity in that regard. But, you know, they are against the pipeline, but you're right to read that the aggression sort of in their tone has decreased and is far different than the real strong tone that Green Party leader Andrew Weaver takes in terms of saying there's no way this pipeline could be built. It would be detrimental, not just to the environment, but to the sort of future of our resource economies. What what are we to make of the comments this week from John Horgan, where he said that it, it would be a different discussion if this was a pipeline carrying something other than diluted bitumen? I was fascinated by it. I wrote a story solely on that comment for the Global News website because I I hadn't heard him say anything quite like that before. Uh, What I've heard since then is a lot about the cost of refineries, uh, $20 billion in some regards, that uh, there aren't a lot of new refineries, if any, being built in Canada. But, you know, what the argument he's trying to make here, Horgan, is that he believes there's value in this product if it remains in BC and in Canada, could potentially decrease gas prices. 
Uh, and if the product is refined, which would increase jobs, there'd be a lot more job creation in BC uh, if there was a refinery there, um, rather than take the raw product, put it directly on ships and ship it. Uh, also, you would mitigate the risk factor on the water in terms of tanker traffic if you refine the product uh at home and keep it at home, you wouldn't have the factor of the sevenfold increase of, of tankers on the coast. So in terms of this uh, countdown to May 31st and the deadline a, a week from today, obviously uh, Rachel Notley is, is very keenly uh, focused on that. Is, is it, do you get the sense that it's anything that's, that's occupying John Horgan at all? I don't. I think he's found it distracting. The sense I get from his office and from him is that he'd much rather be talking about affordable housing and child care uh, and his hot button issues. We're approaching next week the one-year anniversary of the deal between the Greens and the NDP. I'm sure they would rather be out celebrating all their achievements from what they've accomplished from that deal. Rather, every question Horgan faces is about Trans Mountain. So I think it's been seen as a distraction, but I don't think he sees that deadline as much. He, he keeps saying, you know, Kinder Morgan's a, these are decisions being made in a boardroom in Texas, and I'm much more focused on the tables and the chairs and living rooms and dining rooms and homes in British Columbia. Uh, so... You know, he's he's not hyper-focused like Notley is on this deadline because ultimately that deadline doesn't really have anything to do with British Columbia because they've made their position clear and they're now just waiting for the courts. Those two things aren't going to line up time-ways, but I think that's how Horgan sees it. Now, there is the issue of Bill 12, Alberta's Bill yeah. 12, the turn-off-the-taps legislation. Uh, we had Premier Notley on this program yesterday and asked about when this might be used. I think it's on the verge of, of being formalized, receiving royal assent, but she was very coy on, on how and when it might be used, only that we'll learn more in the near future. What, what's our, how is that being received by the world yeah. government? So BC has been really quick to say that they will file an immediate injunction uh, if the taps are threatened to be turned off or are turned off. I don't know what the process is. I'm assuming that Premier Notley doesn't go off into a field somewhere and actually turns a tap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm guessing it will be some sort of order, uh, and then it will be challenged immediately in the courts, and there will be an emergency injunction, no doubt, and the courts will rule immediately on the constitutionality of it. So I think that court process would have to take place pretty quickly and bc is adamant that it's against the constitution bill 12 uh which is so ironic considering <laughs> the arguments being made the other way about the constitutionality of restricting the flow of um bitumen through the province so i think you know bc is well aware of the possibility but they keep saying they don't think that Notley is actually going to pull the trigger uh and and use the legislation because uh BC does not believe Alberta has the legal right to do so. Yeah. You know, if I was Notley's comms director, I'd be looking for that photo op. Where where can we get yeah, the right. premier to a tap where she can uh, be shutting, seen can shutting something off? Something, yeah. Right, Rob? I think he, they're probably listening, and maybe they've got an idea here, because I think that would be the photo op of the year, if oh, not the no decade. Kidding. All right. Well, some interesting days ahead, Richard. Thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Yeah, Rob, my pleasure as always. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Richard Zussman, uh, legislature reporter for Global BC, co-author of the book, A Matter of Confidence. On that election last year, that, that dang election last year. <laughs> what a different conversation we might be having here today. Anyway, 403-974-8255. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.